Hello, beautiful souls. I'm your host, Nicole Neshi, and welcome to the Intuition Age. My intention for this podcast is to cultivate a sacred space where we can collectively evolve into higher states of conscious and self-awareness. I believe that the sustenance and purpose of our being is already located within the depths of our souls. We just have to rediscover and realign with it. It's time to go inward to find all the answers, clarity, and knowledge we seek. So let's journey within. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is a deeply powerful episode. We explore what it means to return to self, to return to source, to connect with the body, to understand the mind, to sit with the emotions, to be one with the soul, to discover the deep mysteries that reside within There are many influences that take us away from our core, and it's debilitating, demoralizing even. We forget who we are in an attempt to be loved and accepted by others. We forget our purpose, our essence, and we must rediscover this. We must arrive in ourselves. We must return home. The beautiful Sarah Lee Beckett is joining me on this episode. She is a guide and embodiment doula. Her work focuses on reawakening the bliss body through radical self-love and gentle awareness. She holds the space for the remembrance of your fullness and divinity. Sarah's sacred wisdom is shared throughout this episode And I'm so excited for you to experience her divine words. There are some technical difficulties that can be heard in the recording. However, the spiritual activations being transfused through our words are meant to be heard. So despite those technical difficulties that Sarah and I had, I still wanted to share this episode with all of you. And with that... Feel the fullness of your earth body and open your hearts to these magical words. Hi, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Intuition Age. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me here. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited that we finally connected. Mm-hmm. I know we were planning to do this episode for a while now, but it's divinely timed and I'm excited to discuss reconnection to the self today. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually so perfect because I just had my bleed and I'm feeling so just, yeah, reconnected on a whole new level with myself and just this openness that comes once we've bled and that raw, authentic self just coming through. So I think it's perfect timing for transmission. Are you a full moon or a new moon bleed? Um, kind of in between. So I'm I'm on my way towards a full moon. Um, yeah. I'm not quite sure. I must look at it again, but I'm, I know I'm in between uh, somewhere around there. And I looked up recently kind of the, the significance of where you're bleeding. Um, 
you know, if you have full moon, Bido and new moon and kind of what it means to have in between as well. And I find it really interesting. And it's so beautiful seeing the interconnectedness of the moon and our bodies and that's deeper awareness. Yeah. I agree. I'm in sync right now with the full moon. It does change sometimes, but right now I'm a full moon bleed and it's just such a full body to release. Each time it's a full moon, it's like I'm emotional. I'm already letting go with the full moon. And then Mm -hmm. my physical body is also releasing. Yeah, that is so powerful. So, okay, we got, we already got distracted. (laughs) But to start, why don't you just tell us a bit about yourself? Well, yeah, I... I guess I'm a coach or a guide. I like the word embodiment doula um, because I like holding space for women to tap back into their bodies and rebirth themselves with a knowledge and an insight of how divinely magical they are and this kind of call into self. And it's been quite a journey for me to, to find that for myself. And it was a long time of feeling very disconnected within my own body. Um, yeah, many painful years of, I came from quite a religious, religious, conservative upbringing um, with a lot of restriction around women and around what women are allowed to do and dress and wear and think. And there was just a lot of pressure I felt on me to, to fit in this very tight little box of what was expected. And I definitely had kind of people pleasing tendencies and really wanted to try really hard to be this perfect good little girl and this box just grew too tight and it squeezed me and squeezed me until I just couldn't anymore and I had to break free of the confines of that and it was terrifying and that journey was one of the most radical birthings of myself I've experienced having to choose myself having to choose my own happiness having to listen to my own heart and my my own body even though it was painful and scary and isolating and it was yeah many years of of feeling very lost and alone within my own body and then this this journey this journey into self this journey into re-meeting myself and my body and yeah uncovering all the wonderful layers of that (laughs) So one of the amazing things about this show and just my ability to connect with so many incredible guests from around the world is that we are also culturally, spiritually diverse. So I do want to know if you're open to sharing just what were the constraints that you were dealing with? Because you're from South Africa. Mm. So in terms of like even gender, Mm. just like gender roles imposed on you or just like expectations because of your gender, what was imposed on you? And what were those constraints like? Definitely. I'm happy to share that. And it was a very patriarchal kind of setup within our family. Definitely is my dad being the leader of the household, almost like a God figure in that sense, where we, our relationship with God went through my father and his interpretation of God and religious text um, was based on the Bible, but then a sub, a sub kind of, I don't know what the word is, <laughs> but definitely a, a subgroup within a subgroup of that with a very kind of different perspective on things. Um, and I would definitely say there was a lot of restriction around, yeah, I think around women in particular. I mean, I wasn't allowed to wear pants. I had to wear like long skirts that covered like past my knees. 
Um, I wasn't allowed to cut my hair as well because that's just like this kind of commitment that you have with God that you're not going to cut your hair. And it's like this covering and this whole kind of, yeah, just around a lot of modesty and a lot of programming around how we as women are responsible for the actions of men. We are responsible for men feeling an attraction to us or possibly lusting after us. That was always a, <laughs> you know, like dare not men lust after you. <laughs> and yeah, so a lot of, yeah, just a lot of restriction around what we were allowed to wear, what we like to do. Um, I was also homeschooled. So my parents um, were really intentional about creating a very kind of, yeah, kind of closed off little bubble around us. So it had definitely very beautiful elements. I loved the creativity and expression and yeah, just having a really safe space to blossom. But within that, it was also very much indoctrination <laughs> and um creating a very firm bubble which made it I think a lot harder to break from as well because I didn't have anything to compare it with when you're in that kind of I mean I could almost use the word cult because I think we were very much on the fringes of yeah of kind of religious groups and to be in that kind of cult-like setting not to have peers and other adults in your sphere, other people who you can compare to and even question, you know, have people bounce off questions and ask you about things and have interesting conversations that kind of stretch you. And your only perception is your parents, your only, your whole world is them and this world that they create around you. It creates quite a bubble and finding another reality and being able to see a world larger than that is quite a journey. So then how did you go about discovering a world outside of your personal reality? Because like you said, you were homeschooled, you weren't really interacting with diverse groups of people. So at what point did you realize that something was missing within you? Mm. Well, I always had this, this longing within me for something more. It was like, on one hand, I was trying so hard to, to tick all the boxes and to just be this perfect child. And also be religious like my parents I really wanted to please them and see you know I saw their connection with God and I wanted that for myself but there was it was like this play acting I would play act in order to please them but then deep down within myself it was like this isn't me this isn't right this isn't I don't it's like almost a numbness I, I don't feel this on a heart level and there was always a small voice in me being like what are you really feeling and how much are you faking what you're feeling and expressing right now? And that kind of went through me or went with me for quite a few years. And I got quite involved with different activities and projects. And one point I was in a, a youth group setting and I was a youth leader and we were having a, like some kind of circle and I was leading the circle, I think. And as I'm in the process of this, there was just this voice that came to me and saying, is this what you believe? Are you regurgitating what your parents have told you and what now you feel comfortable in saying? Or is this truly what you believe? And that really gave me a shock because I suddenly realized I'm lying to myself. Not only am I projecting something that is false, but I'm really lying to myself on this much deeper level. And yeah, it was a journey from then of, yeah, breaking free of that bubble. What helped me with that was I started working quite young, um, volunteering and 
just being in more kind of adult environments and in those environments I felt like this like newborn chick <laughs> just like hello world <laughs> and um it was interesting to just be surrounded by different people who had no idea about my upbringing and they have come from very diverse backgrounds as well and to have conversations and through those conversations observe my responses to things and suddenly I observed myself answering in the voice of like my father that was such a huge moment to me because I was like this is not my response coming through me I'm just regurgitating you know and yeah it was such a process but I loved and so grateful and appreciative of all those people who challenged me that really like asked hard questions and brought up things that I couldn't just answer quickly because it was what I was taught and what I knew it actually made me stop and think and it actually affected me it was like it challenged me and like what do I actually think about this thing, which is super important and I can see has an effect on this person. And yeah, I was a process of people pushing that little bubble, like adding little pin pricks to it and influencing and just bringing about an awareness of, of the other, of all these other different worldviews, of this greater awareness of all these different realities that people hold and how my reality has shaped me into who I am but there's so much more than that um and then it was also a journey of self-compassion as well to recognize the journey that I have been on the upbringing and the influence that I have had um and not judge that and shame myself for that but really just to acknowledge it but yeah have an awareness within myself of this greater yeah this greater world around and it really prompted that journey to find what is my essence what is that core belief and really it was a journey to find this place of home and it took many years of searching for a sense of home for a sense of community and so I realized I needed to find that within myself and find that within my own body and yeah that's right the journey Sarah (laughs) such a beautiful story Wow. I think a lot of people will resonate with that though. Just, Mm. especially just growing up as a child, like we don't really have the option. Many of us don't have the options to truly explore our inner self and answer those deep questions from the perspective of us, from the perspective of our whole selves. So yeah, many of us, like I grew up in a strict household. I wouldn't call it like, it definitely wasn't a cult, but like religious Mm. as well. And just when you start developing your own sense of self and you start answering those questions from a place within, you begin to realize how many conditionings and imprints have been imposed on you, even subconsciously that you weren't even consciously aware of. So I remember when I became like, began my personal development journey, it was this huge like recognition that, wow, everything projected before me, what I'm admitting out through my thoughts, mm. through my emotions, many of that isn't even coming from the essence yeah. within me. It's coming yeah. from the conditionings that I was taught to believe, like taught to think, t- taught to mm. feel even. So I know a lot of people, especially people on their own spiritual development journeys will resonate with that. But what was so just so beautiful is that you began asking yourself those questions as well. And began Mm -hmm. questioning the feelings you were feeling and the thoughts you were having and recognizing that those weren't stemming from a source within. They were stemming from like external conditionings and happenings around you. So that was just 
such a beautiful journey yeah. to hear. I want to know yeah. though. So what was like your first step to getting like reacquainted and mm-hmm. reconnected with yourself? Because for so mm-hmm. long you were in this environment where you didn't even know your sense of self. You didn't even know who you were. So how did you start making those initial steps to discovering that essence within? Mm. Yeah, it was, it was quite the journey and it spanned over quite a few years, but I think there was quite a pivotal time in my life as well where I was feeling the sense of separateness from my parents and having to make my own choices, but there was a pain in that. And it was out of this desire to be free and this yearning to be free, but also feeling trapped within myself because I hadn't met myself and I didn't know where I was being free from. My parents and that bubble was the only safety I'd known. It's like my whole world. And so having to break free from that because of this yearning was terrifying. And I think for a long time, I numbed myself and disconnected from my body in quite radical ways because I didn't want to feel pain. And I think a lot of us experience this is we are so afraid of discomfort and pain that we numb. We run away from it instead of actually facing and feeling it because having to open up and be vulnerable within our heart space is just, it's too painful. And I totally understand that and have felt that in my own life. And it took many, many years of like trying to run away and squash it down and avoid these feelings till eventually I couldn't run anymore. And there was definitely this point of, how do I, how do I meet myself and how do I hold myself in this? And it started, I feel very externally. It almost, it started with this journey externally into my heart. And it started with me starting to accept my physical body, and my physical form. For so many years, I'd held so many negative beliefs and conditionings around my body, around my weight, around my appearance and deep wounding there, really deep wounding. And it was such a journey to just start recognizing and appreciating just being in my body and recognizing this form that I'm in. And there were several moments and things that happened over the course of, I think it was a year that kind of focused on my physical body, it seems like in my mind, like in these different catalysts of time. And in that year, there were so many beautiful events and unfoldings that took place One of them was a a photo shoot that I did with a friend and she was doing a a photography project and she wanted to do a photo shoot and was kind of focused around self-love. And I was like, wow, that sounds really scary, but (laughs) I am so down for that. And I went and did this photo shoot with her and it was the first time I undressed in front of another woman and I was there in my underwear. Before that, I was still Although I was away from my parents, I was still dressing very conservatively because of this kind of this shame I was still holding within my body. Um, and that kind of, yeah, I brought that captivity almost with me, that mental captivity and that um, yeah, disconnection from my form. So being naked, being undressed in front of another person felt so radical, so scary, but it was such a beautiful opening to be seen. And be seen by another. And I think being seen by others helped me see myself. It was such a beautiful journey. And then in that year, I I fell in love for the first time. And being able to love like 
It's like beautiful. This is like to learn and to feel worthy of love and to learn and yeah, experience that in your body. And the start of my like sexual awareness as well. And that was a whole journey. Um, but really it was this kind of, yeah, in my like, like vortex of like experiencing my outer sphere first. And then in that there were so many layers and yeah, the textures and having to uncover all these different parts of myself and then it went inwards and experiencing my grief experiencing my pain um yeah so it was a very it's a very long journey and one that I'm still on I think it is a lifelong journey of constantly looking at different parts of ourselves and re-meeting as well sometimes we we go through something and uncover a wound and uncover a pain and we, we go through it we feel it and then we're like okay gone through it again <laughs> you know it's like it's now that one's done and then a year later maybe we'll come back to that and re-meet it and it's to like come back to that self-compassion that it's a process it's a constant process of of re-meeting and, and uncovering more so, I, yeah. I don't want to undermine any issues with embodiment that men go through but honestly as women I feel like mm-hmm. we're just the second we're born, we're imposed with these contrasting beliefs and conditionings as to how to act and how to see ourselves and how to present ourselves, especially from that physical level. And while we're supposed to be like this essence of desire for men, at the same time, we also need to be conservative and you know, like mm. not flaunt or sensuality <laughs> or sexuality, but again, still be desired by others. And these contrasting beliefs and views, like I know this is something that's imposed in North America, probably in South Africa as well. It's Mm. just like, how can you become close and connected with yourself when there's no winning? You know, if you embody (laughs) that full sensual, sexual goddess within and feel so connected to your physical self, you might be judged for it. You may be shamed for it. If you're yeah. conservative and hide that physical aspect of yourself and are disconnected from that physical aspect of yourself, literally the exact same thing. You may be shamed for it. So I feel like as women, it's really hard to get into that embodiment and connect, especially on that physical level, because there's mm-hmm. always going to be contrasting views surrounding how you should be presenting yourself in the external material world. So that journey, that's why it's such a journey because we're constantly like instigated with more and more, I feel like tasks, tests and trials in regards to how we should embody Mm -hmm. ourselves, how we should embody our essence from a physical perspective and in a physical way. And first of all, I just want to, I want to know, it's literally like the first time I had a naked photo shoot with one of my friends. It was the most liberating and empowering experience ever just to be authentically seen from that physical Mm. level. And now I have like me and my closest friends will just get naked in front of each other and take (laughs) photos and just like, just be seen and be there with each other and be our authentic whole selves. Like there's no hiding, there's no shame. And I feel like, I don't know, I don't know even how to recommend getting to that place where you're just so confident and you feel so whole in yourself in every aspect, the physical, the mental, emotional, spiritual, because it really is a journey. And 
you know, like our embodiment, especially our physical embodiment doesn't stay like stationary. It changes day to day. I swear each day I wake up and my physical body looks a bit different. (laughs) So I just, I think we just need to understand that this is a journey. We're constantly progressing and constantly Mm -hmm. developing in every aspect of ourselves. And just each time we reach that next level of development, each time we reconnect with a new essence of ourself, just, I don't know, sit with it, be with it, mm-hmm. try to understand mm-hmm. it and become acquainted with it. Yeah. But yeah, that was such, I love hearing mm-hmm. about your journey. That was so, so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing as well. I think being seen by other women and being held in that sense of sisterhood and is so beautiful and empowering. I remember going to a naked yoga class and I was, um, I was doing the, I want the to go to one of those. Of, like, like, how do I sign oh, up? Oh, beautiful. It was, <laughs> just needs to happen more, honestly. <laughs> and just being in a room, it was like, I think it was like 25 of us. And being in a room with 25 other women, all in their bodies, and seeing and witnessing everyone else naked, it just brings about so much like self-compassion, but then also an awareness that every single body is unique and different and beautiful. And we've been sold this image that there is one type of body that's desirable, one type of look, and it's this like airbrushed, you know, look that we see on Instagram or in magazines and it's not real. Like we as women need to be seeing other women in our realness with our cellulites and our stretch marks and our, you know, just our beautiful uniqueness. And by seeing and witnessing each other, remembering our own magic, so we're like, wow, it's okay. <laughs> it's all okay. <laughs> and it's all beautiful. It's honestly so liberating. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's so important to know. Like we're constantly shown these ideal expectations and perceptions of what a woman should be, especially on that physical level. Wow, that would be such a liberating experience Mm -hmm. to be in an environment and in that space where everyone is just so confident and so accepting of themselves, but also everyone around them that we definitely need to integrate, honestly, more yoga classes like that or just like different types of mm-hmm. groups classes embodiment mm-hmm. experiences where we could just be our authentic physical emotional mental spiritual selves with other okay. authentic yeah. individuals totally and it's yeah it's just so magical knowing that we also beautifully unique and it's almost like being seen and coming into the sense of just being in our bodies and knowing that we are perfectly whole and okay just the way we are it changes something on a very deep level and I I still find myself affected sometimes comparing my body sometimes and you know looking maybe past pictures of myself and sure like we go through different phases and different stages with our bodies and our relationship with ourselves and that's also going to change and shift and depending on where we at but there's a deeper compassion and understanding that we can cultivate for ourselves. Okay. So in your process of embodiment and rediscovery, what have you discovered mm-hmm. about yourself? Sure. Um, wow. That feels so vast and, and beautiful. And <laughs> what have you discovered within yeah. yourself? 
what's yeah. what's in there mm. it's been so beautiful reconnecting and I think for a lot of my life because of my relationship with religion and my father and going through this whole process there was a lot of time many years that I suppressed my spirituality and suppressed that part of myself that believed in magic and believed in divinity believed in the divine crap squashed it down because I didn't want to associate myself with anything connected with religion because of that pain and I think in this process of embodiment, realizing that I am deeply spiritual and that I'm deeply connected with this womb magic and with this ancient, yeah, these ancient embodiment practices that just come through my body. It's just, that's why I always say I'm not, I'm not a teacher. It just comes through because it's not mine. It's just me opening up all this wisdom to just be channeled through my body for whoever needs it. and. In this process of embodiment, I think coming home to the knowledge and to the remembering of, yeah, just how sacred and divine and beautiful life can be and allowing myself to receive that. And I think my heart needed to be broken open in so many different ways in order to just actually just receive this full, like, potent, magical existence and recognize yeah, recognize the spirituality within myself and that aspect of the wounded healer and that aspect of, you know, being being burnt by that patriarchal interpretation of religion and and healing that for myself in order to share the magic, in order to, yeah, to embody the wisdom in my own being. Um, I feel similarly... Yeah. As to my embodiment and my purpose, mm-hmm. I see myself as merely like a catalyst. I say it on this podcast, but like a catalyst for expanding human consciousness, where mm-hmm. while I am so full and so whole in my physical form, in my spiritual, emotional, at the same time, it's like there's space within there for me to channel through all this ancient wisdom. And I honestly, half mm-hmm. of the time, I don't even know the source of this wisdom yeah. I channel, but it just, it gets channeled to me and through me and within me. And I just allow it to be transfused and transformed into words and wisdoms that other people could then materialize and work with. So it's just, it's yeah, it's really interesting to hear you feel similarly about your embodiment and your purpose. And in mm-hmm. that process of just rediscovering and reacquainting with our whole selves, it's almost this acknowledgement that there is a divine out there, but there's also a divinity within us as well. And it's connected. It's not separate. Like there's this oneness that exists between us and whatever divine source is out there, like whatever our own individual beliefs are of what that source is. But I feel so connected to that source and just hearing your words too I'm like yep she feels it too like it's in her too (laughs) and I think particularly as women like being this channel like we are like this connection between like the earth mother and the sky and the elements and we feel it so much in our own bodies and in our own form and it's reflected in our life 
I don't know, even in our menstrual cycle, like everything in nature is just reflected within our own bodies. Really like coming home to our physical form is the deep healing and the magic because it's coming home to our own bodies. It helps us reconnect with the earth. It helps us reconnect with this ancient primal wisdom that needs to come through the physical body. It's like alchemizing this physical body into the medicine. And yeah, I think that's a lot of, yeah, this deep work for women and particularly why there's so much pain and wounding around our physical form and around our embodiment of our sexuality and around our, yeah, this movement, this, this containment to contain the feminine because we need to be wild and free in order to channel this power through our physical being just by being in our bodies. And it's been withheld from us because it's so potent and so powerful. And I think the women are remembering and we're remembering to come back home and remembering that our bodies are so magical. And it starts with loving our physical form, loving us back into a full expression of self. Yeah, I feel like, and I've mentioned this before Mm -hmm. on this podcast, but I know on like personally in my spiritual journey, I felt kind of disconnected from my physical form. I saw myself as this beautiful light being and ready to make cosmic change, universal change, as opposed to just being kind of stuck and stagnant in like Mm -hmm. a physical form on earth when there was this Mm -hmm. grandness out in the universe that I wanted to explore. And honestly, I just started getting reconnected again. It's again, a journey of reconnection, but I started a real deep reconnection last fall. And it was just a remembrance that my soul as amazing and grand and universal as it may be chose to get reincarnated in this physical form on this Mm. timeline for a reason and to be incarnated in a female form as well. Like none of this was a coincidence. My, I know deep down my soul chose this incarnation, this embodiment, and there's reasoning behind it. And for anyone who feels just detached from, especially their physical form, you know, you, I, I honestly, I know that our souls choose this embodiment, this incarnation for a reason. And just that reconnection to the physical self, again, you find home internally, and then that just kind of allows you to find home in your external projected reality Mm -hmm. as well, both just here on earth, but also as a being who is part of this grand universe multiverse as well. Yeah. But the human body is... Well, like the, the female human body I want to specify is just so grand and so powerful in itself. Like you see it throughout history and you see how throughout these ancient texts as well, like let's just take the Bible, for example, how a lot of women were demeaned and dismissed in ancient texts. And I just want to use the Bible as an example, because that's one I'm aware of. That's one I've read through and I've learned as a child. Yeah, And there's reasoning behind that. Like mm. the female essence is so powerful. Look at ancient Egypt, you know, like look at all the Greek goddesses. There's a reason why those embodiments were demeaned and dismissed mm. and ignored because when we are truly connected to our divine feminine power and ancient wisdom within, we're literally unstoppable. 
like the female <laughs> power is literally <laughs> unstoppable. Like, especially when we commune and connect and create community mm. as women, like oh. indescribable, <laughs> indescribable. <laughs> We're unstoppable. Yeah, just like thinking about it. (laughs) Like we're a force to be reckoned with, and I think that's why that we're constantly just criticized and shamed Mm -hmm. and put down. Because deep down, I think everyone knows just how powerful we can be when we allow ourselves to be. Exactly, and I definitely think there's a connection between this kind of patriarchal religious structure almost very specifically confining the female form, confining womanhood into this box. Because, yeah, the wild feminine is untamable and terrifying to someone who is in their ego and wants to live in that patriarchal structure. And, yeah, it's about coming back to that wildness and rewilding ourselves on all levels, getting to connect with our bodies. Like I find it so powerful, like when I'm bleeding and menstruating to actually like physically connect with my blood, like touch it, smell it. It's like put it on as a face mask, like give it back to the earth and like feel this interconnection with our primal nature. And in that, see how we are connected with our blood to all the wounds of our ancestors and all the wombs of the women in this world and how we are all connected with this, this thread of power and magic that just resides, this like portal of creation that's literally in our bodies. <laughs> it's just mind-blowing to think about. That was such a great point to bring up, just the idea that our physical bodies do contain ancestral traumas. Mm-hmm. And really connecting with that physical aspect of yourself, you begin to realize what female ancestral traumas you're carrying, but also the traumas and the wounds of every single female that has ever been on earth, but also been in the universe. And it's just, it's so grand. You feel so interconnected with every woman, but also with like, because I do, I as well believe that we're so connected as females to the earth, mother earth. Just when Mm -hmm. I reconnect with my wounds and when I reconnect with my traumas, I realize just how interconnected too I am with like nature and mother earth and just every single woman who has ever, you know, (laughs) ever existed here in this reality. Yeah. I really feel into, it was just this thought coming up recently about how we go into nature to experience nature and we go into environments of of wildness to reconnect with ourselves and to remember. But it's really the remembering that we are the nature and rewilding that part of ourselves to to recognize that it's just a reflection of us and we see ourselves in that. Um, And I loved your point so much about the the ancestral trauma and the wounding and how we are interconnected and we do the healing not for ourselves alone we're doing it for past generations and future generations because this work is alchemizing in our body and by us stopping the patterns like I often think about in my own life by by me deciding choosing myself choosing my own body choosing to live a life that was authentic to myself I stopped a pattern because my generations before me, the women in my family 
married young. They followed in the script of what was expected of them. And sometimes it had very painful results and my heart breaks for them. And it also breaks open to the knowing that I can change it, that I can change this pattern in my own life for my future generations. And yeah, that's where this work comes in on all these levels. By us loving ourselves, we are changing it for us and then also for everyone around us. And I also like, I love showing up online as authentically as I can because I really trust that that is going to inspire and spark that in another woman who sees, you know, an unfiltered picture and another human body, another woman showing up and just being her authentic self and feels okay. And it's like, that's okay. I can do that as well. My body is also okay. And my thoughts are valid. My feelings are valid. And even as a spiritual, like, teacher or guide showing up that we are not perfect and whole we also have downs we also have to re-meet our pain and trauma and a big one for me was realizing that our wound is our medicine because there was a lot of judgment that I realized I was holding against myself for still having my battles with self-love still having my times when I was really negative and judgmental towards my own body but then realizing that that is the medicine it's the medicine because I am alchemizing that in my own body and then sharing about it. And I can share in the experience of everyone else to create the healing. It's not me coming from a place of I've healed this, I've ticked the box because that doesn't exist. It's showing the reality of this going into the pain, going into the uncomfortable parts of ourselves and loving it, just loving it radically and fully <laughs> and fully and that we all on this journey and we all at just different points on this path. And yeah, that it's a re-meeting. It's like the cycle. It's this beautiful re-meeting always. And there's more depth and more intimacy each time. But that there isn't this perfection, you know, we have this idea of outward perfection and this idea of also the teachers and the gurus and those who are, you know, showing up maybe online teaching that they are perfect. Their lives are perfect. They never have self-doubt. They never have, you know, times when they are not battling with internal, you know, wounding and insecurity when we all do. And it's all a part of life. And it's showing that raw authenticity that it's okay and that they aren't bad feelings. When I'm feeling low, when I'm feeling these self-doubts coming in, not to label that feeling as a bad feeling, but to recognize that it's a need. What is my body needing from me right now? Do I need to feel safe? Do I need to feel reassured that I am okay and what I'm doing is good and right? And, you know, we all have these universal needs and they come up in a fear and a story. And so often we judge that and push it aside. And yeah, re-meeting ourselves with compassion. I think that's a big theme in my own life. And what I'm wanting to share as well with the world is is compassion, self-compassion. And yeah, that we're all just where we at, doing the most that we can, <laughs> doing what we can with what we have, and it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think many of us detach from ourselves initially because we're scared to actually acknowledge and connect with those mm -hmm. wounds, those traumas, you know, those hurts. And yeah. really, those are the things that make us whole and make us wise. Mm -hmm and make us just connected to our divinity. I have seen such beauty 
in the wounds that I have experienced, mm-hmm. I have been able to transform those wounds and those pains that I felt internally into such magical external mm-hmm. realities for myself and for other people. And I honestly feel like when I share authentically what I've been through, traumas, pains, just even like emotional turmoils that I've experienced, that's when I feel most connected to myself, but also to Mm -hmm. other individuals who may be on similar paths, but also those who aren't, those who are on their own journeys, their own paths. And I don't know, this this awakening, (laughs) I feel like Mm -hmm. a constant journey of awakening is honestly just so beautiful for that sense. Like I feel like a lot of us, like we're scared of pains. We're scared of experiencing traumas. We're scared of experiencing wounds, especially many of us who have experienced a lot of that in childhood, especially the ones that are aware of like intergenerational traumas that we're carrying or past life traumas and karmas that we're still carrying. Like it's scary to think about experiencing more and more pain and trauma and disconnect. But when we experience those, the evolution that comes after it is, mm-hmm. you know, indescribable as well. And I feel like each time I experience some sort of pain or disconnect or like emotional, yeah, probably terrible. I was looking for like a nicer <laughs> word. But whenever I experience one of those at the end of that cycle, at the end of that experience, I just, I mm-hmm. reconnect deeper with myself yeah. on a level that I didn't even know I could could reach. Yeah. Like each time yeah. I experience something that disconnects from, from myself, it only leads back to an even deeper connection with self yeah. and with others. So yeah. yeah, it is it is frightening being disconnected from your embodiment, experiencing some sort of like pain or trauma. But at the same time, it really is what connects us to ourselves I feel and it's that journey back you know like like we all have these times of having a wobble I like calling them you know wobbles Um, I like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) and it's that journey it's that moment of awareness where you are watching yourself in the wobble and then start journeying back and you start realizing okay, what can I do to make myself feel better? Or you sit down with yourself and self-soothe and you know, give yourself some loving. It's like that moment of self-awareness, I think is so beautiful because it's just like, yeah, it's this constant process of just remembering and forgetting. And it's beautiful because we need both. We need to forget in order to have that moment of like, ah, oh, what do I need to do right now to make myself feel better? How can I journey back to myself? And we need the forgetting as well because there's such deep magic in that. And I love thinking about it as waves as well, just crashing over. And if we just allow them, like allow these waves of sadness and grief and and fear and all of these doubts and stories just to wash through, like don't block it, don't hide your heart away from feeling them. Allow them to crash over and through you and pierce your heart. It will be painful, but blocking it is also painful. So allow yourself to feel this pain and then transmute it in your body because in doing so, you will find the strength. You will always find the strength within yourself to meet that and to hold yourself in that and allow it to just wash through. And when you re-meet that pain again, it will be like re-meeting an old friend. And 
over time, it, it changes. It, it changes in, it's almost teaching our nervous systems, you know, like when we first meet that pain or that uncomfortability, it's a fight or flight response. It's a trauma. It's, you know, we don't know what to do with it. And by allowing ourselves to open and to soften into that moment, we're actually teaching our nervous system to reprogram on a much deeper level. And it's a reprogramming that happens that is cellular, that's generational. And the more we're meeting ourselves in this reprogramming, each time it happens, it will still be intense. It will still be painful, but it will be a little bit different each time and a little bit more more depth, more intimacy. Um, and that's what I felt for myself anyway and those who I've connected with and, and yeah, held space for as well. It's just this re-meeting and the remembering and forgetting and, and being able to, to laugh at it a little bit, <laughs> this cycle and, and process. And yeah, just Love loving that wave analogy <laughs> you use, just allowing. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the word, just allowing life to exist, whether it's reactivity mm-hmm. in the moment or it's something pleasant. Like you just allow the waves to come through you and pierce you and then. Just let them go and forget Mm. them and then allow the next wave to come. You know, it's just a constant journey. But each time, like you said, it really is just the cellular reprogramming where we we now understand and we now acknowledge and we're now aware of where reactivity comes from, where our fears stem from, you know, what traumas Mm we're caring personally, but then also which ones have just kind of been embedded on us from generations Mm -hmm. and generations and societies and external influences too. And yeah, yeah, I, I, (laughs) again, I don't, it's just a constant reminder that just being aware, I think that's the word too. just be aware of your whole self and what it means to be you that's when you're going to be able to really step out into the world and understand how you're reactive to certain circumstances, how when each wave pierces you, how that influences Mm. you and only you. Because at the end of the day, like we are, well, (laughs) I love, I love community, but we, you know, we're all we really have. We're born into the world. Our souls like chose this body chose this life and we're going to leave the world with just our souls as well. Of course, we're going to reconnect with so many soul and spirit guides and soul members throughout our lifetimes to come. But at the end of the day, like our soul is who we have, what we have. We only have ourselves throughout these entire lifetimes, throughout all these magical experiences. So just Mm -hmm. get reconnected with yourself in whichever way feels right to you to be able to really I honestly feel like each time I reconnect with myself, I'm fully embodying that divine ancient wisdom within and really projecting that essence out into literally everything I do. And each time I feel a deeper connection to myself, literally each projected experience that I manifest is so aligned with that essence, is so connected to my purpose in this lifetime, to my path. <laughs> that's it. I went on a tangent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And it's, it just like, it reminds me of, I don't know who inspired this in me, but it was just this like image of 
the more space we can create within ourselves to receive and hold the pain and the grief and everything that is coming through to us, it's like the depth of that is also how much space we have for the joy, for the bliss, for the pleasure. It's like, it's the duality. It's this play. It's this, yeah, it's this beautiful merging of these two two forces. And the more space we hold and create within our bodies to alchemize that pain, alchemize that grief and those experiences, the more space we have for joy and bliss and yeah, just this pleasure of life. And I think also meeting, meeting death, meeting this fear, because, you know, I think also in the last year, the real, like, for me, it's felt a big, yeah, big thing that has come up has been our relationship with fear and our relationship with death as humanity and how we respond to that. And are we willing to face death? and see it and feel it and become intimate with the death and what does that represent in our lives and yeah I saw a quote the other day where it was like you need to die in your life in order to live in your death in some way and it's this constant process of death and rebirth in ourselves that's just stripping away these layers where we can be naked and vulnerable to reality in order to allow reality to also penetrate us in its fullness of expression (laughs) Um, I love that yeah I agree I think both sickness and death I feel like we do even if we're disconnected from our physical form I feel like a lot of a collective fear that a lot of us experience is the fear of losing this physical form. Because I know from a very spiritual perspective, there, there's more. It isn't just this material reality we see before us. But as a collective, we do fear losing this physical body, even if we're disconnected from it. And yeah. that was so like, so beautiful what you said. And it's just, it's true. Just that awareness, like, like kind of dancing with death. Like we're all, that's the one thing that connects all of us. We're all at some mm-hmm. point in our lives going to experience it. And how yeah. does that make us feel? Like, how does it make us feel that at any point this physical body could just cease to exist? I know yeah. personally that's something I've contemplated. That's something I've dealt with. Obviously, like, I don't want to lose this physical form anytime soon. I feel like there's still purpose and still possibility that I want to like experience. But at the same time, it's almost this acceptance that. There's like there is beauty in that. There's beauty in the fact that there is one thing that connects all three is it three billion, four billion people that are on earth right now that we're all gonna experience as a collective at some point. And just mm-hmm. that like there's beauty in experiencing the full human experience. Like, you know, being human entails at some point we're gonna die. It entails that we're gonna be born, maybe reborn. So yeah, it is. I feel like a lot of us, especially collectively this past year, just have been dealing with that fear, dealing with mm-hmm. sickness, watching our bodies deteriorate, really yeah. sheltering ourselves so that we could protect these mm-hmm. physical bodies. But I don't think as a collective, we have been doing that 
the right way. Because at the same time, like we are so free, like we discussed, we're meant to be free, we're meant to explore, we're meant to, I'm not saying go put yourself in danger, but just live you know whatever that entails for you in this reality so yeah that's something I've definitely been contemplating and trying to understand from my personal perspective as well but a really interesting one to bring up Mm. and also this impermanence you know like how how fragile yet beautiful and how impermanent everything is and to take that with you into life to live each moment to moment just drinking it in because this moment is all we have and I think I felt it a lot in this past year grieving I think grieving a world before you know all of this happened in the past and then realizing that it's a constant evolution it's a constant life death process and yeah grieving is also a part of that and grieving is also beautiful and allowing ourselves to to grieve and to to feel into what was and what can be but also what is in this moment and how can we use and take this moment as the gift that it is and live it you know like really live it allowing ourselves to feel everything because I feel like a lot of us live such a small version of reality because we sheltering ourselves from actually feeling we're trying to hide away and shelter ourselves from the pain and the discomfort, but in doing so, we're also keeping ourselves from the true depth of bliss and happiness and that felt experience. So, yeah, many things have been brought up and, and yeah, it's beautiful seeing that inner world reflected in the outer world and, yeah, remembering that. Absolutely. Okay, Sarah. So is there any last Mm. advice you want to give about embodiment to close Mm. off this episode? Yeah, just a reminder that your life is divine timing, not to rush anything or to think you're meant to be anywhere else but where you are right now. And to be gentle, be gentle and with compassion because your story is yours. Nobody else has your story. Nobody else can understand what you're working through, the pain, the layers. And to hold yourself in that and know that you are divinely where you're meant to be on this journey. And to love, just to love yourself and yeah, perhaps spend more time just touching your skin and reconnecting with your physical body and and seeing how that is reflected in the world around you in the earth and in the trees thank you sarah you're such a beautiful soul i love that conversation yeah. literally as you were speaking i'm like i'm gonna start touching my skin like touching my hair <laughs> just reconnecting with self yeah beautiful this was a beautiful conversation thank you If you feel enlightened and inspired by the intuition age, I would be eternally grateful if you head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. This platform truly allows me to act as a catalyst for expanding and elevating human consciousness, both individually and collectively. All shares, downloads, and subscribes help me distribute these divine topics to even more conscious souls. Thank you for tuning in and I'll see you at the next episode.